This is Truth Pop. This is Truth Pop. Welcome back to a brand new year of Truth Pop. This is the podcast that helps you to live out your Catholic faith in modern day culture. My name is Jake, and uh, normally my wife Kathy hangs out on the podcast as well and shares her wisdom. Uh, however, starting out the first podcast of the year, uh, we wanted to give you an exclusive interview that I had the chance to do with Father Mike Schmitz. Needs no introduction, of course. Father Mike is the host of Bible in a Year podcast. He is the director of Youth and Young Adult Ministries in the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota, and uh, also involved in the uh, campus ministry at UMD. Uh, so Father Mike was at the SEEK conference that just wrapped up a little bit ago in St. Louis. This was the SEEK 23 conference. Maybe you had the chance to go. It was amazing. Um, you might be able to tell by listening to the interview, when you listen to the interview, um, that I was losing my voice a little bit. <laughs> was truly an amazing experience. Kathy and I do plan to release an episode soon doing a bit of a SEEK recap where we both share our experiences and dig a little deeper into the conference and some of the takeaways from it. But just wanted to bring you this exclusive interview right now with Father Mike. Had the chance to talk to him about Bible in a Year and also the brand new Catechism in a Year from Ascension Press. Now, we're going to talk about how the Bible and the Catechism complement each other. The beauty of the Catholic faith is that it's both scripture and tradition uh, that we follow, and it's the two tenets of the church that we don't look at just the Bible for authority, and we don't look at just tradition for authority. Like both of these things can complement each other so well and integrate and help us to find the truth that we're all seeking in our hearts. So, uh, first, Father Mike had the chance to just talk a little bit about the fruits of Bible in a Year podcast from Ascension. Yeah, the, there's fruit. And that's the crazy thing about this is it's one of those things where I think, you know, two years ago, 2020, no, yeah, 2020 was the first year that we did it. And um, it was a surprise that so many people were listening to it. Um, and that's wonderful. But the fruit is the unique thing. The fruit is, I even get emails, even today, like I think last night I got an email that had said that I have had, uh, I've been hostile to the church my whole life. I've been, hate, I've hated this, da, da, da. And because I've been listening to the Bible, I'm back. The fruit of just God's word proclaimed is remarkable. So yeah, it's not just, oh, there's some good statistics, but it's lives are changed because of God's word, which is powerful. And there's a rumor going around that there's a way to subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> there is. There is. All you have to do is click on subscribe or follow in whatever podcast app, and you can get daily updates and daily notifications. And the game's not over, Father. So yeah. Bible in a year and now catechism in a year. A lot of people know about scripture. They're familiar with reading the Bible. But to some, they're like, the catechism, that sounds so serious and like kind of intense. Like... I think the objective of the Catechism in Your podcast is to really break it down into simplicity. So could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that's actually a really good way to describe it. Um, one of the things that we, in, in my mind was, um, so the story of the church, like historically, or the narrative kind of ends in the Bible with Acts chapter 28. Um, and I mean, obviously there's letters of Paul that keep going on, the other pastoral letters and Catholic letters um, and book of Revelation. But we know that the church continued, continued to exist. You know, you can call it like Acts 29, where um, the church has continued to bring the Lord's 
grace and his ministry, his work, his redemptive work, um, his sanctifying work to the world and throughout the world. And so here we are 2,000 years later, and we're the recipients not only of sacred scripture, we're also the recipients of sacred tradition. And so oftentimes people will say, well, divine revelation, yeah, the, the Bible. I'm like, well, yes, that divine revelation is the Bible in the sense that it is sacred scripture, but there's also divine revelation in sacred tradition. And that's not like a, that's not even a crazy Catholic idea. It is completely rooted in reality. For example, um, every Christian right now, every Christian who lives believes that Jesus is fully God and fully man. And we would say, well, yeah, duh. And like, well, no, actually, no, not, not duh. Um, when it comes to scripture, yes, scripture reveals that Jesus, as the, the data is there, but also the debates were there for a while about what's the true identity? Was he only half God and half man? Was, was he fully human, but then was adopted by the father later on? Like all these debates came up and scripture wasn't entirely, entirely unequivocally clear until the church in the year 325 came together in the Council of Nicaea and said, okay, let's figure this out and make declared authoritatively that no, Jesus is a divine person, one divine person with a divine and human nature. And, and every Christian believes that. Now, that's part of sacred tradition, even though the data is in sacred scripture. Like even that, that so, so it's, it's not dry, it's not unnecessary, it's not optional, it's not like a, it's not, that's the big thing, yeah. is sometimes people can look at the catechism and say, well, that's optional, because the Bible's essential, sure. but, but the catechism's optional. I would say, yes, the Bible is essential, and just as essential as the Bible is the catechism, because we do have sacred scripture, yep, completely. We also have sacred tradition and the magisterial teachings of the church. And we need all three of those sacred scripture, sacred tradition, and the magisterial teachings. And it, what you're saying is fascinating, Father, because I think there are some believers who may not be Catholic, and they think then that the catechism or sacred tradition is contradictory to Scripture or that it opposes it. So, um, you know, believers who subscribe to the sola scriptura idea and way of thinking then, um, you did a really interesting video with Ascension Presents talking about that, how, like, you know, if, if God cares so much about the Bible, wouldn't he want an authority to back it up. So could you also explain that to maybe someone who is so convinced that no, it's Bible alone, Bible alone, sola scriptura, like help someone make sense of that, how there's more than just that. Yeah, that's a great question. I, a great topic even, because if we think about this, if we go back to the only time, well, actually, here's the, the one of the cries of the Reformation, uh, sola scriptura or scripture alone, and that all we know and all we need to know about God comes from scripture. You'd, it's worth, and not me in the snarky way, but it's worth just asking the legitimate and genuine, um, honest question, where is sola scriptura in the scriptura? Like, where is sola scripture in scripture? And it's not there. I know you, some people point to one of the letters of St. Paul to Timothy, where he says, all of scripture is inspired and is useful for, t for teaching, correction, reproof, 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 whatnot. Um, you say, yes, that that's true. He doesn't say only scripture is necessary for this. And also what Paul was talking about when he wrote those words was the Old Testament. It wasn't because the New Testament hadn't been written by that point. And so in that you'd say, okay, first of all, if this is going to be one of the cries of the Reformation, all you need is scripture. Where is that in the scripture? Secondly, we recognize that that's not all we need because even going back to, um, let's go back to Acts of the Apostles. One of the first debates, actually the first universal church council called the Council of Jerusalem in the Acts of the Apostles is over the question of, um, we know that Jews who become Christians or Jews who are brought into the new covenant, um, all they need is baptism. And that brings them into the new covenant. The question is, 
if someone's not already in the old covenant, meaning they haven't already been circumcised, do they first need to be circumcised into the old covenant before they're brought into the new covenant? Because that in that that would make complete sense because you couldn't be a Jewish man unless you had gone through this process of the rite of circumcision. And then every person, every man who was brought into the new covenant through baptism had already had been brought into the old covenant through circumcision. And Jesus never taught about whether those Gentiles who are not circumcised had to be brought into the old covenant first. Because again, I have to go to uh, high school, I have to go to junior high before I can go to high school. I have to graduate high school before I can go to college. And so it stands to reason, you don't have your GED even? Well, you can't go to college until you get the GED first. You know, that kind of idea. And so here's the, here's the council of Jerusalem that comes together. And yeah, I love it because it says there was no little dissension among them, no little debate among them, which means there was a lot of debate. <laughs> There's a lot of dissension because Jesus hadn't taught on this. And yet salvation rides on this, right? If, if you have to be circumcised before you can be baptized, and you don't get circumcised, then you're not saved. Mm-hmm. And Jesus never taught. So what, what happens? Well, the church comes together. Again, no little debate, no little dissension. But then they say, it, it seems clear to the Holy Spirit and to us that, and then here's the fill in the blank, that you don't need to be brought into the old covenant first in order to be, receive baptism and be brought into the new covenant. Now, again, for us Christians in the 21st century, we think, like, well, yeah, obviously. And we have to stop and say, no, not obviously. It was not obvious for anyone at the time. Um, because scripture says a lot, and it's, we're so grateful. It reveals who God is. But also sacred tradition says a lot. And it's based itself off of the data of sacred scripture. But um, it is what keeps us unified and is what keeps us knowing that when I'm reading this, this sacred scripture, I'm understanding it to mean what God wanted it. This is amazing. Like I'm so excited, not only about the fruit that we talked about with Bible in a year, but just how that's going to translate to listeners finding catechism in a year, even people who aren't necessarily open to the Catholic church, just saying, oh, wow, like this just complements the idea of scripture so well. So just as you mentioned how people can access Bible in a year, how they go about finding catechism in a year, then through Ascension. Yeah, that's great. So that we have, um, the podcast is on uh, Spotify. It's on Apple um, podcast. It's on Hallow. It's just a Catholic app. It's also um, on YouTube. They have the audio and I think the text even is, scrolling through as as uh, I'm reading it along. So there's a lot of places to be able to find both Bible in a year and catechism in a year. And then there's catechism journals available from Ascension as well. So encourage people to check that out too. Well, Father, it has been an honor. It's always an honor talking to you. Just know that we're praying for you and just so excited about how God is using you to uplift his church. Thank you for all you do. That means a lot. Thank you. I'm praying for you too. This is Truth Pop.